So we do like a little thing between us before we start, and then I'll turn and I'll introduce you guys. It's not sexual. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. And how, sir, are you doing? I mean, two vacations in three weeks, man. I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's a tough life, isn't it? Tough life. It's rough. It's it sounds rough. like you need a vacation from. I need vacations. a vacation from my vacation. I really did. I got back and I was like, actually exhausted from my vacation. <laughs> you so. know what? I do know what you mean. It sounds very small, but I do know what you mean. Listen, I mean, it's hard relaxing and doing nothing. <laughs> it, dude, For if me, you, if you it's like very us, hard. <laughs> if you like us, it is hard relaxing. It was, dude. I was getting anxiety over not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, my mom gets that for sure. Oh, so what exactly were you doing? I never really knew. People kept asking me. Well, we went on a cruise. We were supposed to go diving in Belize, but the weather did not cooperate. Um, it was uh, it was rough. It was rainy. It was crappy. So um, instead, we drank a lot in Belize. And then we went to Cozumel, um, and uh, we were going to try to dive there since we didn't get to dive in Belize. But uh, half the excursions were were uh, canceled and it was just again shitty weather rough seas all that crap so so what kind of diving would you have done scuba diving i didn't know you were a scuba diver i am that's cool i love that mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i've been certified for 30 years i'm not old i promise but at 30 years i've been certified yeah <laughs> so you got certified when you were one yeah yeah, yeah 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 of course of course <laughs> now uh, that's cool for some reason i had no idea about that we should go scuba diving together one day. I did not know you were certified, so there you go. Yeah, man. <laughs> we yeah. should definitely go. Yeah, I love doing that, man. It's one of the most fun things ever. Uh, I'm awesome. trying to remember what me and James did. So um, we played at uh, the Square Grouper. Oh, right, yeah. And no, we you, played, yeah, you played, we played at Carson's Tavern and uh, with um, Allie. Allie Hayes. How'd that go? And it was really good. She, so she came over to my house, and we had a practice, but it was only one practice, and she just held her own. I mean, some people can just jam, you know? She did a great job. So and what I'm hearing is I've been replaced. Well, I have to tell you that you were, you were sorely missed. I had a few people come up to me and be like, uh, Is he gone again? Where's the bass? I was like... So they didn't miss me. They missed the upright bass. I mean, they missed the slapping of the bass. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, which is That's technically... Fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. No, there, there was definitely a couple of people who were very... Uh, kind of turn the, their nose off at no base but um you know that was that wasn't ali's fault ali did a great job you guys played uh you played friday night at uh kilted didn't you yeah 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 that, that was, was cool too ali played there too uh no that was no. just me and james nice. and then we went out to swank farms and on sunday yeah and we did that epic never-ending gig over at swank yeah and um that is really where ali shone she she just pulled out all the stops on that one yeah yeah, yeah. i figured yeah. i figured yeah that was a good gig to bring her on for sure yeah for sure no doubt man um it's really funny because james has a mohawk now and uh <laughs> and ali was there um darren from swank farms was like uh is this the is same band yeah they were, he was just like is it just you he didn't even recognize james that's funny yeah totally so i had to inform him no it's just one person change and you know <laughs> hex will be back and he's like okay that's pretty funny yeah totally so it was quite an interesting uh, quite an interesting weekend I'm not going to lie I was pretty stressed out because a few of those gigs are important ones for us and I was like oh please be good please be good please be good because right. if we were you know but right. we were okay yeah we held our own and you know and well, I, did, I did a grand job well and again the stupid thing was I left 
and thought, you know, thought about that, you know, like, oh, you know, this is important gigs, but, you know, but I left to go diving or whatever. And in the end, I didn't even do that. So I, I should have just stayed here and made the money. Well, you had a fun trip, no? It was all right. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. I get to spend time with your family. Yeah. Well, um, well it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was just, uh, it was Kelly and I, and then um, uh, one of my artist friends, Tanya, that lives in Utah, and her husband, um, Thane, and then uh, another two friends of mine that I um, that I met that were up in Jacksonville um, oh. that flew down as well. For so. some reason, I thought you were on some kind of family excursion. No. Nope. Wow, I had no yep. idea. Nope. Adults only, baby. <laughs> fun. No kids. That's awesome. So, we have Mad Mellow with us today. We have Emily, Ooh. Erica, and Devin with us today. How's it going, guys? Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. So, um, I think I met you, Emily, from like propaganda and like no name scar band gigs and things. Is that where we met? Um, that's probably likely, yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, the first time I like remember your face is um from playing the no name shows and being on stage and seeing you seeing you in the crowd like with a big smile on your face it was a very positive <laughs> look in those situations so um and also you look the this is one of the stupid things we'll say but and i'm sorry i'm gonna say you look the spitting image of a girlfriend i had when i was 15 and it's just like i oh. think you've told me that before yeah actually. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really confusing um but anyway um yeah so that so that first time that's why i noticed you when we were playing with no name the You're first like, oh, time shit, i was like here. oh my god amy's here <laughs> yeah, but no, it it was name, her name was amy yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my name uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and i'm really english <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how how did the band Mad Mellow start? Um, well, I started Mad Mellow as like a jewelry business, making crystal jewelry and um, getting my name out there by helping um, bands like run their merch and sell my jewelry as well. Um, and then I met Miss Erica here at um, Open Jams. And we started kind of just jamming in her living room, and um, we did that for what, like, probably four to five months. Yeah, before. it was a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, and then we um, worked with a drummer. He got asked to go on tour with a different band, so now we have a new drummer. There you go. <laughs> um, and then we found Devin as our guitarist, so we nice. added him, and we've been gigging for probably, well, since since September, so like. Four Four or five months now. I, I think feel like August. it was. Yeah, no, I think yeah. August was, was, August? August was our first. So what had happened yeah. was, um, I think they had another guitar player who was like sitting in, and then I guess couldn't commit or whatever. I don't know the details, so I can't speculate on it. Um, but like last minute, she's like, "I got a gig at Double Roads," and I was like, "When?" She's like, "In two weeks." Uh. I said. <laughs> fuck it i'll do it like let's yeah. go and we did two practices and showed up and i showed up and gigged with them and so that's the one that we put, was that the five six that was, one, one i don't know man that was like an august yeah, that, or whatever. yeah, yeah that was, was yeah. with ricky and you guys yeah, yeah, ricky okay. got us on that one yeah so yeah ricky ricky and us and um booked that show no shit yeah yeah that place double roads is um it, the sound is amazing in there yeah, it's they know what they're good. doing yeah. yeah yeah and i heard that the show that you guys did was nice and busy too it was pretty fun yeah there was a decent crowd we had a few people come out um that it's were a difficult night to get good like that those tuesday nights are rough but um but yeah apparently your one was like popping so thank yeah, you yeah we did we played there twice Right. Three times? Right. Or was it three times? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think I'm pretty sure we did it twice after that first gig we ever played. Okay. Nice. 
Well, it was always a great environment. I love the lighting and everything. And that was from like the last time we did it, wasn't it? I don't remember. It's a cool spot. Um, Vince, you know, he puts his heart and soul into the place, and uh, this this sound is fantastic. And yeah, man, I, I think at one point we were going to do some live. 561 music broadcast from there. We still might be doing that. I'm not sure. It's been shelved a little bit, but we might get back to the idea. Um, yeah, so uh, so we've been going in about since August. Played a bit. How often would you say you play? Um, we have a bunch of gigs coming up here in February, but probably before that, it would be like once every couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we're slowly getting more. Yeah, uh, February to get March looks thick. Right, you know? nice. Yeah. We're booked um, out through April now, right? We're into April at least. Yes. There we go. Nice. We would like to play at least once every weekend. Yeah, cool. Like that would be Is it good all original stuff or Um, we do play a lot of originals. We do have covers too, but we play mainly originals. So when you guys play out it's like the, the thirty or forty five minute set or something. It's not you, don't, you guys don't do like a full three hour night or anything, do you? Oh, uh, we haven't done a three hour night yet, but we do have a two hour gig coming up at Guanabana's yeah. in March. So I'm super stoked for that. That's one of my favorite venues. To yeah. play so you just at, do a so. sprinkling of covers throughout it. Yes. Maybe like one per set. Say if you do two hours, if you were hypothetically to break it up into two sets, yeah. you might find like one cover in each set. Nice. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, you know, that it's a good idea to play a couple of covers. I mean, yeah. you know, when Kilbilly's play, we I'd like I'd like to say we do 50-50, but we don't. We play more. We yeah. play slightly more covers than, than originals, which is uh, Well, depending on the venue, I think is where we decide how many covers we're going to do or not. Yeah. Cuz yeah, some some venues bar, uh, you know, sometimes people want to be able to sing along, you know. Like, yeah, that's when exactly. you call like a Bob Marley tune, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, just as long as you're doing it for a reason and not just because you're lazy, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I can't, I can't yeah. say that we're always just doing it for a reason. Sometimes yeah. it is because we're lazy. Some venues want you to solely play covers, so we have to. We've had to learn more covers yeah. so we can get more gigs. But ideally, we we have a lot of originals, so we like to play those. I think nice. I have more fun playing originals. You know, absolutely, <laughs> getting our absolutely. songs out there. Yeah. You know where you guys would do well? Have you played at Tiki 52 yet in DeQuesta? So I just visited that place like two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. And uh, it was it was pretty tight. Yeah. You know, I'd never been there before, and I think it just popped up like as a Facebook ad or something. And I was like, what the hell? Let's go check it out. And it yeah. was dope. And, yeah. you know, at, the band that was playing there at the time was playing all covers, so I didn't know if yeah. that's what they expected. I mean, and I was also hearing a lot of classic rock. I mean, it was like a lot of Eagles and you know, know stuff bit, like it's that. It's a little bit of everything. They get different kinds of bands, and then they get reggae bands that we play there. We play there yeah. Okay, I, so I really frankly, didn't know what to if expect. You, if you, know? you if you've played the whole thing with a bunch of covers, I don't think anyone would bat. I mean, with a bunch of originals, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid. Just as long yeah. as you could fill the time and you were enjoyable. You know, yeah. it's like you're more like background music at those kind of places, anyways. Yeah. yeah, but you can also you also have the opportunity in that situation, especially as an original band, to turn it into a real gig. I feel like the cool thing about those kind of gigs. And and the people in the bars definitely would like you to do this because it bring more people in. The cool thing about those kind of gigs is even though, yes, technically, the background music thing is a big part of it. You can it doesn't have to be. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You if can you engage. bring people, yeah. if you bring a bunch of people and and you have good sound and 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 you can totally turn it into a real gig yourself. You yeah, know? of course. Yes, I think that's one of the things. I was struggling to define what. 
what it was about South Florida that, that I like in terms of in terms of playing down here and things. And even though a lot of these gigs are technically kind of that sort of wallpaper type of a gig, it at least there's somewhere to play, and it doesn't have to be that, you know. Yeah. If you can if you can pack it with a bunch of your friends and turn it into a real gig, then you know. There's a lot of places that we play. There's a lot of places that we play that nobody even like. Like they don't care if we play covers versus I mean originals versus covers. Like we play our covers yeah. everywhere, and nobody cares that we. I mean, not that they don't care that we're playing them, but I'm just saying. No, yeah, no one cares if we play. But our they originals, enjoy them no. just same as the covers. Yeah. I don't. I, you know, I can't. I think I'm, we're a little bit of an anomaly though, because I think a lot of the covers that we play, people don't know anyway. Don't even know. That That's covers. what I'm saying. So like, if they don't know the music you're playing anyways, then they're not going to know if it's an well, original they probably or a cover. The, yeah, they probably don't know the original songs, and we don't play them like the original songs anyway, so it really just sounds like a whole bunch of originals. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think that's partly why we get away with playing a, a few covers, because they, they sound, they don't sound like covers. Yeah. yeah they just sound like our yeah. music. So, I don't know. I think we're in a little bit of our own like category yeah yeah, yeah. you guys not- definitely have a, a unique sound yeah. well, interesting your your style it has your songs have that feeling of like you feel like you've heard it before they're very very kind of um, familiar yeah, they have this kind of comfy, nostalgic, familiar thing about them. She's got this gift for writing, like, what I call, like, earworms. Like, she'll create a melody and sing it, and it's like, I've heard this melody before, and now it's stuck in your head all damn day. <laughs> yeah. The problem is, I'm too busy playing, so I can't hear her lyrics, so all I hear is, hum, 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 and that's in my head all day long. <laughs> so I don't even know the words. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, it's just that melody. It, and, you know, that's catchy. That's the way you write a hit. Yeah, you know? for sure. Just having that, having that ability to... Have the, the the thing that just goes around and around in your head is you know some people have it that's for sure. On my best days, I feel like I have it, but not every day. But that's awesome that you have that, and I I would agree. You know, listening to the songs, I'm like, yeah, the melodies are super catchy and stuff. It's awesome, and the chord progressions are familiar, and not in a bad way. In a uh, you know in a way where it's you hear it and and it feels yeah it feels right feels familiar. So I guess my point. Of bringing that up is you could play a bunch of your originals and people probably be like us people would think that they you know yeah, they, ju- yeah, they just assume they've heard it before somewhere yeah, yeah. They don't yeah, know yeah. Where. <laughs> <laughs> totally so um have you been recording much um we have been recording um we have three songs out right now um i kind of have been going through different producers trying to find um who i like the best but um right now we are recording a song called Dark Road with Ricky. Yeah. Okay. He played so, me a mix of it. It's badass. I didn't want to bring him up in case I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Oh, I played, I had yeah. The, you can talk I about it. I had the mix and it was, it was banging. It was huge. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Ricky a lot. He's he's a great guy. Yeah, and he's, so. he's a good, you know, he really, the good thing about Ricky is you know that he will, you know that he, he would never be doing something and not putting his all into it. It's not what he's like, you know? Yeah. You know I, mean? yeah I don't think he would do any, anything he doesn't believe in either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so it's really it's special to get to work with him, and I'm excited to see what he comes up with. We're releasing that song on um, February 22nd, so 222. Nice. So stay, stu- stay tuned for that one. Oh, so <laughs> that one that I have, that, okay, that's cool. It's, it's expansive, man. It's... Like it's, it's, it's pads and everything, people are gonna like it. Nice ballad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. 
Um, so, how did you kind of land on this style? Like, uh, what, what, what kind of influences do you have and stuff like that? Like, how, how, how did you? Why did you decide to be a reggae band? Um, I mean, I, I love reggae music in general. I love Bob Marley, Sublime. My favorite is Ayatera, even though they decided to stop touring. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but where did you first hear reggae? Can you remember? Where I first? Uh, Are you from Florida? I am from Florida. So you just grew up with it around? Yeah. Here, well, I actually grew up listening to country music, actually. Okay. But um, I don't remember where I first listened to reggae, to be honest. I think it was Revolution, though. Okay. Um, all kinds of different reggae influences, to be honest. Um, but I listen to all kinds of music. Reggae sure. is just what I am able to play at this moment <laughs> in time. <laughs> but um, we don't want to be like stuck to one specific genre. Like We have... An emo song come, we're going to come out with. Um, Erica. <laughs> it is writes, a flashback to like writes, 2006. It's kind of nutty. Yeah, Miss Erica writes a lot of our indie tunes. Cool. So, yeah, we're, we got a little mix of different genres. Absolutely. And I have, Mad Mellow. Yeah. I have heard the, you know, the different styles of it. Um, but um, I would say, in general, when it's kind of flowing over, there's this island sort of yeah, vibe of to course. it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it's good stuff, man. I've loved reggae ever since I was a little kid. My mum used to play me. Do you know who UB40 are? Yes. So my mum used to play me this UB40 tape in the 80s in the car going to school when I was like, you know, eight or nine years old. And I, and ever since then, I, I, loved, I loved reggae. She used to play me Bob Marley too. My mum was cool. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, huh. <laughs> You were cool, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to grow up in Florida and not like reggae, though. I yeah. mean, yeah. reggae and or country are like the two. Like, yeah, of course. If you grew up in Florida, that's that's what you listen to. Yeah, I feel like in England, reggae has a very different flavor than it does in the U.S. In the sense that it's almost like darker and a little bit more politically charged. Okay, and it feels more like it's kind of part of the punk scene in a way really like it, yeah it doesn't have that kind of sometimes hit, hit not all the time there's some great reggae over here but um but sometimes i feel like it could just it's kind of like palm tree and a mai tai type music you know what i mean but then then there's also like there's there is also the good good reggae here but i it's hard to it's hard to explain what i mean there's just a darker side to it i think a lot of floridians like the the feel-good reggae because we're you know by the beach we're on the yeah. sand we just want to chill with like you know yeah. like a i don't know a mimosa or something yeah, I don't know. Totally, yeah. <laughs> a coconut with an umbrella in it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally man um all right so you're recording with Ricky. Um, where are you doing that? Is that a, does he have a studio? I'm not really sure. Um, he's working is. with Love Potion Studios. Oh, okay. Um, so that's you. where we're doing Dark Road. Where did you do the uh, the previous singles? So right now, you have I Am Worthy, Energy Exchange, and Serenity out. on. Yes. On. So Energy Exchange, we actually recorded with our drummer, um, Devin Braun. He has an at-home studio, so we did that one there. Um, and then the I Am Worthy and Serenity were at um, Saturn. Uh, I can't even remember the downtown name West Palm Beach. No, it's no. Um, in Boynton. Saturn Studios, gotcha. something like that. Okay, yeah, it's cool. I didn't mean to I put know. you on the spot. You're no, okay. no, you're okay. I just can't. I feel bad. I can't remember the exact name. Of the <laughs> we'll studio. look it up and we'll put it in the in the show notes. Okay, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, it's with Matt Huntsberger. I don't know if you guys know him. It's his studio. No, I gotcha. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll look it up after this just so we, we can be sure. Okay. Um, yeah. So when it comes to songwriting, do you have a um, do you have a process or does it just kind of? Um, I kind of just get an idea and it comes to me and I write it within a very short amount of time. <laughs> What's the, it, do you write the melody and the and the words at the same time? Um, it really just depends. Like sometimes I'll be messing around on the uke and come up with a melody and then and then I'll come up with lyrics. But sometimes I just write a bunch of lyrics and then come up with a melody. Yeah. So it's kind of both ways, I guess. I think yeah. the process is really different for all of us. You know what I mean? We're all right. Yeah. You know, I've written tunes that have been polar from the stuff they've written. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. yeah the one process, tune man? that we play a lot, we usually high. that's the one we usually start our sets with. Um, I was at Guanabana's. There was a reggae fest going on, and I heard like a half a measure. It was like a, a syncopation and like note choice, like mm-hmm. an interval. And I was like, I like that. I mean, it was seriously like four notes. The way it was syncopated and the specific interval that he played just like stuck in my head. Yeah. And I watched the rest of the festival, went home and wrote that whole tune based off of that. I uh, 100% awesome. know, you know what, what I mean. mean. Like it was just boom, you know? You know, it's something which is kind of a similar way of writing is um, someone once told me like to to listen to your own band out of context and then like like or, or listen to your band live um, and then just write a song based on how you feel that sounds because it never sounds like what you think it does like uh, if, when you play live you have a totally different energy than than when you're just kind of trying to write a song in your room yeah, and, and, and yeah. like that worked really good for Killbillies and for my old band Sonic Boom Six. Was just to hear like bit, bits of like a tune out of out of context, like kind of start it halfway through it or something like that, and then listen to it and be like, "Oh, that sounds awesome!" And then I don't know. And then I ended up I've ended up writing some cool tunes that way. The other thing as well about that kind of chord choice and the interval choice, I did that with Dominic Delaney not that long ago. Okay. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. This kind of. Um, this sixth interval and he was doing a certain chord change and I think do you remember that when yeah, yeah. Uh, I came over that. to Hector and I, I saw one today that blew my mind it seemed like such an odd chord choice and I was literally just like watching YouTube and I'm watching this guy he played two chords it was an E major to a B flat augmented minor and right. I was like that that doesn't work <laughs> yeah. and then I started playing it I'm like somehow this works right. ah, and I was like oh this is this is inspiration like this yeah, is yeah, this is something go. very odd it was Frank Kambali by the way it was gotcha. it's funny we have the uh-huh. conversation all the time about uh, you know theory versus non-theory right and, you know and, and Ben's got like all the theory in the world and I have zero like none I just you know play right. by ear that's and kind of like us and so it's funny <laughs> you know, it's funny like same thing will happen to us like you know Ben will write something or whatever and 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 you know, and it, and it works, and it's wonderful, and you know, and people like that they have that theory, they they do these things. But then, like someone like me will come up with something, and you're just like, how does that work? It's not supposed to work, but it does. <laughs> so it's nice to have that, especially like you guys also have that combination of you know, someone who has theory, somebody who doesn't, and it's yeah, it's nice to have that because you don't always have to play by the rules, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, like E major is like what off the top of my head, four sharps, I think, yeah, and then yeah. like. 
B flat, that's the other side of the spectrum for your circle of fifths. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to see like a B flat alt over top of like an E major chord, I was just like, this is nonsense. Only Frank Gambale would come up with this. <laughs> yeah, man. And then like, I, I was like, wait a minute. I grab a guitar right, right now and listen to it and just it's, play the chords. Yeah. But really we're going to have to do that in the break. I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm very, because I can't, I can't hear that. I can't just like ping I, it was the head. specific voicing though. I really got to show you how he like played that E to the B flat alt. Like, gotcha. it was the voicing that helped. Definitely. Nice. The best part of this See, conversation. See, I have no is idea what he's talking about. I have zero theory. You just said to Ben. Yeah, no, I was I've like, I have no idea what he's talking about. I'm right about, there with but... you. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, we'll so, go with that. Somehow this all works. Yeah, together. yeah, that has four sharps yeah. in it. Sure. <laughs> this actually leads really, really um, beautifully into talking about you guys' this kind of musical upbringing. Like, um, and and I think seeing as we were chatting, why why don't we uh, start with you, Devin? How did you get into music, and what have you? any kind of musical education all right yes both of the i can answer both those questions but they're both a little long so That's if you're fine. down to just listen i'll talk yeah all do right. it man so this starts when i was like a tot i mean i was like four or five years old and you know i was hanging out with my dad and he played zz top and like my face lit up and i was like this is the coolest shit i've ever heard in my entire life zz top yeah. is awesome and i was obsessed and then when i was eight my dad bought me ZZ Top tickets for a casino, like a casino show in Atlantic City um, for Christmas. It was a Christmas gift. And uh, so I'm stoked to go. So the day the show finally comes, right? He tells me to go upstairs and get dressed for the show. And I come down in a neon green and yellow safety vest. Yeah. You know? And he goes, what the hell are you wearing? And I was like, you know, so they can see me. Oh, and he's like, all right, kid, whatever. I don't care. So he takes me. We go to the casino. And we got third row tickets, all right? So we get there. The show starts. The three of them come out, right? And I'm standing on my seat, and I'm clapping. And they play like two or three songs straight, no breaks, right? And then finally, finally, the applause dies down. They take a break. And I can see Billy Gibbons walking up to the microphone. And I scream on the top of my lungs, where are all the girls? <laughs> and he goes, and he looks right at me and makes eye contact with me. And he goes, well, son, I guess we're playing legs. And like 20 broads came out. Oh, and wow. it was nuts. And I looked at my dad and I was like, I want to do that one day. And he yeah. goes, okay. And the very next day we went to a place called um, Music Central. Right? So I walk into Music Central and there's a guy sitting there just shredding on this guitar. And it turned out to be Merritt Gant, the lead guitar player for Overkill. Oh, wow. And I said, he goes, well, we got to pick you out a guitar. And I'm watching Merritt Gant, so I go, I want that one. And Merritt's like, sorry, bud, I own this one. But, you know, when they ended up finding me a guitar, and I got signed up with lessons. And I took private lessons for a very long time, even when I started teaching. I started teaching in 08, and I was still taking private lessons for another two years. Um, so I've been teaching, yeah, since 08. I don't even know how many years that is now. It's no, 2024, 16 yeah. years. I've been playing for 24. So... Sick, dude. Yeah, I took every music class available in high school. I uh, I had a minor in music in one of my two degrees at college. Yeah, like I just I've been in it, in it to yeah, win. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's all. I did a music degree as well. I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably be kind of a boring conversation. Yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> that's cool. Um, what what about you, Erica? How did you get into music? Yeah, um, well, I started taking piano lessons. Um, I didn't want to when I was a kid, so my parents kind of forced me into it. But um, I ended up, like, really falling in love with it and, like, actually, like, sitting down and practicing. So um, 
you know, I did that in high school, I think. Um, and then once I graduated high school, I like kind of went away from music. I, I wasn't really focused on that because I was like, I need to go get like a real job and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> well, that was kind of lame, but you know, I did. No, I, I that's the, the terrible tragedy of of many people yeah. who should have started earlier. Life is like, you yeah. know, you think yeah. you have to. You know, I yeah. don't know, it sucks. You don't have to. Not, you know, like the problem with having a plan B is it means you don't believe in plan A, you know. You just got to go right. for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I didn't really like believe in myself when I was in high school. I was like, oh, I kind of started, like I started late, like doing piano. So I was kind of like, uh, you know, I'm never going to be good enough to like play a show or whatever. Sure. So, <laughs> so um, I, I, I ended up coming back to it because, um, I was following a lot of bands in like the local scene and I was just like, you know what, I could I could do this. Yeah, like man. yeah, just like watching other people play. I was like, even if I'm not that good, I can, you know, do something. Like yeah, I can sure. write a song. Yeah. yeah man. Um so I started playing bass about two years ago, um, just because I love the bass. Um it it's just an awesome instrument. I've only been playing it for two years. Wow, that's amazing. You, you'd never know. She's awesome. Really She's is. such a pocket player, bro. I brag yeah. about her to everybody I work with. Yeah, man. Thanks, I'm like, you're guys. good at bass, but I have Erica Mason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it's been a journey. Like, and Emily actually hit me up like a year into playing bass. She's like, you still play bass, right? Do you want to j- make a band with me? And I'm just like, I almost said no. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because oh, I, I was like, the truth's coming out I now. was like, yeah. too afraid. Now is the appropriate time to tell you that I almost said no because I don't yeah. like you. <laughs> I was like so nervous to like ever go on stage or like perform in like even just like a small room. I gotcha. was like, I'm never gonna like do that. So I almost said no, but I was like, you know what? It will it'll make me a better player. So I'll yeah. just say yes. There you and, go. Bravery yeah. came through. It's a yeah. confidence. Yeah, at that too, point you know? we didn't it have is. any like gigs or anything booked. We it was literally just us two in her living room. So it was like more like we were practicing to better ourselves and then finally we're like, Okay, I think we got this. So we nice found it. first we found the drummer and we did have a guitarist for a little bit but she didn't want to commit to like doing gigs for some reason she didn't want to gig so um yeah then we found Devin over here what about um what about you emily how did you wind up playing music so i never started like at a young age with playing instruments but i was always involved with music like in other ways like i danced for 12 years so it was like more movement with music than than playing music you want to specify dance Um, Ballet, jazz, tap, hip hop. We thought it was interpretive. Um, <laughs> no, he's probably making a dirty joke. But um, yeah, so like hip hop, modern, like, jazz, tap, all all the different forms cool. of dance. So I did that from six to like eighteen, and then um, and then about four years ago, five years ago is when I got my first ukulele, and I okay. I really just learned off YouTube. I just like you can. a lot of googled do. songs that I wanted to learn and started learning that way and yeah, it works you know like I mean I think with certain finer points of technique and things it, you don't necessarily get it off YouTube but I think you know ukulele you can, yeah. you can learn that off YouTube for sure I did take um, some lessons for a short period of time with Chris Cobb from the people upstairs um, right. 
But other than that, it was mainly YouTube. I did get up with like you know some local bands and like get practice that way, just like jamming with them. Yeah, but, but, um, like spread the dub and stuff. Yeah, yeah spread yeah, the yeah. dub. I, I was just talking to Hunter about that a couple of weeks ago. I was unaware that you used to do that. It's cool. Was yeah, it? yeah, we. I got up with them quite a bit actually, um, and a couple other bands from out of town that I just know, like that I'm friends with. Sure. Um, but yeah. Wicked. And then slowly but surely, it's like... It evolved kind of, to me. Well, I got up at a lot of open jams, too. Yeah. Like, that was a lot of good practice. That's actually where I met Erica. Was that, um, what, Joey Tenuto's open jams? Yeah, nice. Crazy Uncle Mike's. Um, <laughs> Once you've had a bit of a taste of it, it's, you know, you, you uh, from that point on, you're just figuring yeah. out a way to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Erica, though. Like, I doubted myself for a long time. And then yeah. every time yeah. I went to open jams, they're like, you're so good. So yeah. I was like, okay, maybe I can actually do this. So that's when I contacted her, and we kind of just like, <laughs> it's history from there, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> In my living room, being like, does yeah. this sound good? <laughs> what yeah, are we doing? Like, are we waking the neighbors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I think now's a good time to listen to you guys play a few tunes. I think you've got three for us, is that right? Yes. All right. Awesome. Let's do it.
We have a rather special sponsorship this week. My friend Stu, who I know from Round and About and Jupiter, has an Instagram page, which is at Stu Says. So at 
S-T-E-W-S-A-Y-S. And it is really just for dog lovers. Stu loves dogs, and he has an Instagram page which is just dedicated to the dogs that he meets on his travels. So you should go check it out. There's some really nice pictures of dogs on there. And become part of Stu's dog-loving community. I couldn't think of a more wholesome thing for us to be advertising, really. He is a supporter and a friend of the show, and he wanted to help us get our message out there, and we could give him this in return. It's um, just us letting you guys know that you can go and see beautiful pictures of dogs on Instagram at Stu Says. I've just been surfing through all the pictures, and there's some really cute pictures of dogs on there. I'm going to show some up on the screen now. <laughs> yeah, man, go check it out. Stu is a legend. He's one of the nicest people I know, and his Instagram is just a delight. He couldn't have picked a better podcast, really. My band is called Nina's Yard Party, which is named after my dog. And if you listen really carefully, you could probably hear my dog barking in the background. I'm a big dog lover. One more time, it's www.instagram.com forward slash stew says s-t-e-w-s-a-y-s it's the end of the year and it's time to get those taxes done we all hate doing it but it's just something that needs to get done you can call mary at harmony management group and she'll make it as painless as possible for you for the past several years mary has become the go-to accountant for the scenes musicians and artists and really any small business need help give her a call today at 561 561- 420-5652 or visit harmonymanagementgroup.com Now, I can personally say that Mary is an absolutely wonderful accountant and she understands firsthand the world of artists and musicians. She's been a huge help to Kilbillies and we are so proud to have her as a sponsor because she really cares about the local music scene and the local art scene. If you need help with the paperwork side of any small business, Mary has got your back. Again, the way to get in touch with her is 561-420-5652 or you can visit harmonymanagementgroup.com. We are also sponsored by Oasis Root. Now, Oasis Root Carver Bar is in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road and it is a carver bar. If you don't know anything about carver, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water and it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years it's, a, it's an old thing that um they used for kind of ceremonial and also um sort of ledger purposes it, it's meant to be something where you know that brings people together um you will take a, a shell of carver and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that it's meant to be something to bring people together it's uh has a kind of an effect which is i guess a kind of a slightly warming effect and uh, it just kind of makes you feel a, a, a nice it's not particularly intoxicating it's not like drinking alcohol so the atmosphere in a carver bar is sort of like um a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house it's pretty chill in there um you get all sorts of different types of carver bars some of them are more like a club you know this sort of like black light and edm playing and some of them are more like a cafe this is one of the cafe type of ones it's 
it's super chill in there if you're looking for somewhere to i don't know maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends it's perfect for that kind of thing there's a foosball table in there if that's your jam or baby foot as they call it in france and uh yeah jim the owner is a really cool guy and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast so thank you very very much for that jim they also do a poker night in there all sorts of things going on at oasis root carver bar 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, but also about being in a band, and his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day basis. The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from very young age you know six or seven years old all the way up to 80 you know there's no age limit here um we've run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults but really the main focus is on the on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands um we are also a studio a live stream venue and we can record audio or video the killbillies live album warts and all was recorded here it was recorded during a live stream that we did during covid justin had a great idea to record live streams during covid a ton of bands came in and it was a real success um but outside of that we can record albums we can help you with your epk and we have full audio visual capabilities here LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. All right, so we just listened to an ad for Live Music Community. Um, could you give us a little bit of advice for upcoming musicians, please? I would say just follow your heart. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do anything you want to do. Yeah. So keep your eye on the prize. Don't let anybody discourage you. Follow your heart. That's, I had someone call me up a couple of days ago, and you know, he was asking should he try and do music for, for the, you know, the people in the scene would like and stuff. I just said to him, dude, if, if you don't end up becoming ludicrously famous... At least you will have the music you wanted to make if you follow if you follow what you think is yeah. awesome. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think it's like a hundred percent. And also, people can tell if you're phoning it in a little bit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You got to care about it. There's always going to be more people that have something negative to say than people that are going to root for you. So yeah, for sure. True. No matter what you do in life. In fact, <laughs> hate, you know, you, you know, you're doing well if you've got fan. haters. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. to be your own biggest fan. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, man. Um, what was that phrase that they always used to say in AA? It was, it's, um, uh, uh, think a lot of yourself, just don't think of yourself a lot. I think it was something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, though. Yeah, totally. I liked it. A lot of the time you can get stuck in your head. I, I mean, I definitely get stuck in my head. I think we all do. So. I yeah. just live in my head. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my mother used to say I had a, a rich inner life. <laughs> oh, well, then I'm very rich. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah um, have any of you guys got... Um, Erica, do you have any advice for upcoming musicians? Um 
I think it goes along the lines of what Emily said, but um, just do it. <laughs> if you love it, just do it. Just like, do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time just like writing songs in my bedroom thinking like nobody would ever care or like listen to them. But um, now it's like I'm making songs with these guys and yeah. I love doing it. <laughs> That's all. We That's love her awesome. songs, by the way. Yeah, they're out there in the world. Isn't that a wonderful yeah. thing? It's man? weird. Congratulations. <laughs> That's super cool. Um, yeah, Devin, you've got any uh, advice? Yeah, I do. It's a little biased, but I'm just going to be honest here. Um, I think you should definitely learn your instrument, whatever it is. Like, understand it, truly. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's one thing I pound in my student's head. I've been doing it for 16 years. Sure. Is learn your fretboard. You should know every note on your fretboard. Right? As soon yeah. as you understand that, the whole thing unlocks itself to you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You can, you understand the intervals. You can hear a melody in your head and immediately find it if you know your instrument. You know. Yeah. Now the thing is, with guitar, it's a very visual instrument, whereas like you know, a brass or a woodwind, it's not necessarily. You know, I actually was talking to a, a horn player, and he goes, "Yeah, I think of music like." in a linear line based on pitch and like where I need to be this to hit those ve- pitches so like I have this whereas I don't think of it that way mm-hmm. because there's mm-hmm. like a visual component to an interval on a guitar sure. so like I think of it that way and yeah. what I hear in my head but I digress learn your instrument understand its function sure. and where the notes are right and the rest of it will come also get your fundamentals down early i mean if you can get them down early it becomes so much easier to learn and play anything you want yeah i found that yeah. too like i don't i don't want to sound conceited or anything but i there's generally nothing i can't play it yeah. just how long is it going to take me to learn it sure because i under, i have a fundamental understanding of the instrument yeah and you can reach a point like that very early in your career if you do the work up front yeah no 100% i agree um and something you were um talking about there with um because i play the saxophone and the guitar but i started on the saxophone and for a long time i used to play guitar solos in a very linear way because i'd learned it from the sax and when i I started playing with this uh, guy micah scott who's a really really good um guitar player and he really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that rather than kind of thinking like horizontally like that you got to kind of think vertically on the guitar you know like it's yeah. it's it's a totally different understanding that's of absolutely crazy because i to push myself out of that you know typical guitar player box i started listening and emulating to more sax lines yeah <laughs> so i used to play more sax shit and that's when i got into bebop jazz i mean when i was like shit i don't know 16 maybe yeah and i got obsessed with uh Everyone from Charlie Parker, who basically started Bebop, to like, sure. you know, um, Coltrane, Cannonball yeah. Adderley. But I mean, my all time favorite player is Miles Davis. I mean, yeah. he's the GOAT when it comes to music. Yeah. Sure. Um, and trying to emulate that is, is I have tough the, as a guitar I have the player. Charlie Parker Omnibook, and I can play quite a lot of it on the sax, but I've definitely tried to play some of it on the guitar, too. It's a lot yeah. of fun. I just picked up Donna Lee for the first time in 12 years. Sick. I found an old transcription, the, the pages were yellow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, I remember I used to play this. Yeah. I picked it up. I started working on it yesterday. Nice one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I've been looking for some interesting new bluegrass licks, and I was listening to some of the better players. And then, and then I was reading, you know, people like Tony Rice are influenced by players like John Coltrane. You know, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I was like, that's how you get outside of the box of bluegrass is just play jazz, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you can follow your chord changes, man. Yeah, mm. exactly. Now, um, on this, because I played the sax... 
you know, I, I play quite a lot of jazz, but because of when, what else are you going to play on the sax, you know? Bruce Springsteen. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a point. But, uh, you know, the, on, the guitar, on the guitar, I'm no jazz expert, but I've certainly worked at it. Oh, neither um, am I. I mean, I've spent tons of years studying it, but two things. Number one, I'm actually not that great at jazz. Number two, I had a uh, my old jazz mentor, and he told me, he goes, you never say it's you're an expert in jazz, you're always a student of it. Yeah, and the other thing is, is like you never know who you're talking to. There might be a bigger fish in the room, and he was a monster. I mean, this guy played for everybody. I mean, he shared the stage with like Dizzy Gillespie and like wow. Wynton Marsalis, and he was in the Illinois Jacket, and you know, I mean, he's played with everybody. So, That's super cool. Like, he was definitely a big fish. You know? Oh yeah. So, um, could you give us a little bit of information about the lyrical content of the songs you just played us? Like, um, what are they about? Um, okay, so we started with Energy Exchange. Um, it's kind of about, no, like, no one in particular, but, like, kind of, like, finding, like, a love interest and that kind of energy that's exchanged between the two people. Yeah. Um, so that one I wrote in, like, 30 seconds, so it's not really, there's no, like, deep, <laughs> deep meaning behind that one. Gotcha. It just kind of came to me. For um sure. It actually was about, like, an interaction between two other people. It wasn't oh. even, like, me. So more so, of a feeling. like Yeah, just more like a general feeling of, yeah. like, love. Sure. And um, Serenity, that's actually the second song I've ever written. Um, first song we released. Serenity is kind of about, like, I, I came out of a bad breakup, and it was kind of about, like, finding myself again and finding like peace of mind and i found that within like going to the beach and like that's why it says like um going by about like going down to the beach and like yeah. relaxing and um yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> far end is by her so you'd have to ask her about the yeah far Erica, end. T- what, what was that one about sure um far end was it was kind of weird to write because I, I was just in a weird state of my life. Um, I got laid off like six months ago. So I just like, this was a job I was working for for like seven years. So it's so, quite a new song then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. I wrote it uh, a couple of months ago and I was just kind of feeling like lost and like unsure of myself. But at the same time, um, it's around the time when we started like playing together and I was just like, you know, like maybe this was supposed to happen so I could just get the time to play music and like, you know, take time to focus on that. Um, So it was really a song about being lost, like lost, um, you know, capsized, shipwrecked, lost beyond belief, but somehow this all feels so comforting. Like that was kind of like the the message or the, the feeling was just being lost but also feeling like you're right where you're supposed to be sure the excitement of change and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome um so we uh i grabbed a a, a couple of pictures of um a a couple of devon's pedals um why don't we uh take a look at those so um tell us about the cheap screamer devon this thing's a classic i think everybody i know has one of these on their board yep um i knew this was like a go-to pedal for me uh it's my main drive i usually Nine times out of ten, I'm just using it to like boost myself for a solo. I usually play clean, yeah. Um, but for uh, for like far end, right? I definitely like take that gain knob and turn it down. But I use it to give it a little bit of crunch, yeah. Kind of fatten out those chords because um, it's such a fun jam. Truthfully, sure. Um, 
if you see us play it live, like the videos, like from Guanabana's, is a great video. Um, I've seen it. Yeah, the yeah. back and forth between like me and the drummer, and then like the keys player holding down these fat, you know, like you know, airy chords, pad chords, whatever you want to call it, you know. And then she's got that driving bass line, and then the the dual vocals, which are truly dreamy. Um, I sent that video to uh, some friends of mine. I'm like, this is going to sound really crazy. I'm a, I'm like a part of like a. A group chat of like guitar Illuminati around the country. Oh, so cool. like, I sent that out, and I was like getting responses from like L.A. and Chicago and New York and Philadelphia and you know places around, and they're like, "Yo, that shit's fire! Like, you could play that anywhere here, and it would be a hit." And, yeah, and man. the vocals were the first thing they all mentioned, and especially her. They called her the triple threat because it's uh, sexy, silky, and sultry yeah. the way she sings. <laughs> um, so yeah, but again, back to the pedal. I'm sorry. No, you're um, good. Yeah, I love this. this is my main drive. Um, I know Mike uses one. Um, my friend Mike Gruley, he's got yeah. one on his board. I, my other friend Steve Lant, he's got one. I, I, I have one too. I have that white one. The one, that, you know, the one that has like the yeah. little tube in it, like that. I can't remember what it's called. It's like the newer one. It's like it's. Um, hang on, I'll tell you what it's called. It if it's come through the shop, maybe I don't know. Screamer with two in <laughs> it. it is called. Here it is. This is the one I have. Um, it has the the one the tube screamer I've got like actually has a tube in it. Check it out. Oh, Yo, that's, that's gnarly. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I got a tube amp that I'm obsessed with that everybody else seems to hate because it's so damn loud. Oh no, it's in, I think it's a nice amp. <laughs> it, well, it is. But <laughs> it is very loud though. <laughs> it's it's obnoxiously loud. <laughs> um, I had it on four at our last gig, and our sound tech came down and pushed it to like three point five, and I was not mic'd up. It's so difficult <laughs> not to turn yourself up when you're a guitarist. I can totally relate. Yeah, you know, I've I don't think I've ever put that thing over five, and I have never. What is it? It's the, um, I think it's the Blues Deluxe, the Fender Blues Deluxe. Nice. It goes to twelve. So you know, fuck Spinal yeah, Tap. I, they go to eleven. <laughs> I go to twelve. Yeah. And I haven't think I put that. I, I haven't put it over five. I've never been mic'd up any gig we've ever played. Yeah, nice. it's usually at about three for practice. Yeah. And we're even like, wow, that's loud. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I find myself Have you ever messed around with an anyway. attenuator? I have not. Um, it, it just got, basically, you can, um, between the amp and, and the speaker, you can put this thing in which just, uh, it reduces the volume, so it means you can turn the amp up more and get more, get the tubes hotter and get more of the grit at a lower volume. They're really useful. Oh, that's that's interesting. You yeah, know what? Man. Yeah, now, now that you mentioned, I think I had a talk with my tech about that. Yeah, yeah. It's starting to sound like it rings a bell. Yeah, they're really cool. I just got one actually. I I, I hadn't like really used them before, but I, I got one about six months ago, and I, I, I dig it because you can really crank the amp so you get that. Well, I do up. like my cleans though, so I don't want to play lower with crunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So fair. I really I'm really looking for like that crisp clean. Like I like the overtones to bloom when I strum a chord. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't know uh, from the recording. I was playing I was playing the acoustic but that first song energy exchange I'm basically playing like whole notes you sure. know what I mean but like when I play through my electric which we should talk about at some point um, through that amp like it'll sustain and as it rings you start hearing those overtones and it just blossoms into like you know such a wide sound I love the thought of the, of the uh, harmonics blooming that's, what <laughs> that's the way I hear them that's so yeah, I, I mean that's I the it. only adjective I can come up with no it's perfect um, we have another pedal up here why don't we bring that one up uh, so tell dude. me a little bit about this bad boy alright there's like nine or ten different like uh, delay options on that bottom right knob yeah. um, I'm big on the tape delay so I generally play around with sure. that sure um, 
Then you got your feedback and effects level, which you can just adjust based on whatever you're you're feeling. And then that top left is really like the rate of delay, sure. but it's also coupled with that switch. So like in the top position, it's uh, it's quarter note. In the middle, it's an eighth. And I haven't messed around with the third position much. I think it's kind of like either like slap back, like slick fast. I don't know. I think it's more of like a swung eighth. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Um, because of the way it looks like, it looks like two notes tied. I don't know. I haven't played with it. Um, but I usually throw it on tape delay because I'm like, you know, some of that old school reggae. Like, I feel you, dude. You know what My, I mean? I, I have like, a El Capistan. I've got a, a delay pedal too, and it's a tape delay emulator, and, I, and I'm all about it. And it's got the M- MXR one as well, which is a tape delay emulator. I, I, I just love tape delay. So one <laughs> yeah. time. Um, when I, we were recording uh, like second or third album with this band Sonic Beam 6 used to be in the the producer brought in a, a real old tape delay and it wasn't it was kind of a beat up one but in a good way because it's like the amount of like white noise and craziness it produced when it was uh, oh my word it's so oh, yeah. cool yeah I, I got a buddy in Millville man uh, back in Jersey and you should see his bedroom studio like um, I mean, just for his own safety, I'm not going to say his name, but it's easy. He's probably got like a quarter million worth of gear in his business. Wow. And it's all like antique, you know, weird one-off stuff and like weird moogs. And I mean, it's like a bed and then just every wall is like a rack unit. You know That's what I mean? super cool, man. With all types of synthesizers and, and delays and, you know, it's it's obnoxious, man. It's so if so anyone cool. wants to buy me a real tape delay from like the 70s, <laughs> knock yourselves out. We had tape delay when we were doing... Uh, the last album at, yeah, at Sun it, Studios. Yeah, totally. The the it was really just like two tape recorders on top of each other, like, which is is tape delay, right? But like the the way that um you can get it like in a pedal with like thinner tape. Oh, that's you know? cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, yeah. So um, brilliant. Why? Did, before we stop with talking about the gear, um, we don't have a picture of it, but tell us a little bit about your guitar, mate. Oh yeah. Okay. So what I'm currently playing live is uh it's a one of a kind so i've been obsessed with this luthier his name's brian moore since like 2006 and i don't really know when he stopped making guitars i think it was right about then like maybe 2003 or 4 but um he was a boutique luth- a luthier out of new york and he used to he used to have a line called his cm1s it was custom moore one and um he made something like 11 or 12,000 custom built guitars wow. yeah. and each one he would sign his name on the back of the headstock and then handwrite the serial number so if you get one that's with five serial numbers at least you have like a custom shop right sure. then if you get four it's even rarer and then three and so on so other than that he did have a factory line that put out two models out of korea um also very good guitars i own two of them from the factory line yeah. but i got my hands on a cm1 uh serial number 509 it was built in 1994 it's got a uh, matchbook flame maple top, a AAA bird's eye maple f- uh, fingerboard, uh, real abalone inlays. Uh, I got a Wilkinson trim on it, like floating trim. It's a humbucker, single coil humbucker, both buckers split coil independently, and then I got a piezo in it. Nice. Um, and then I can run just the electric, just the piezo, or run them together. And I can change the phase of the piezo. Yeah. I mean, this thing's like an all in one. Sounds awesome. Um, yeah, I'm obsessed with super fast, uh, deep heel cuts. So, like, I can get to the 24th no problem. Yeah, sick. Um, I mean, the thing, the the radius on that neck is, like, minimal, you nice, know? Nice, dude. It's just, it fits right in my hand because I got really small hands. 
Yeah. But like, I <laughs> as just, much as I hate to admit it, so do I. I, yeah, I, I just, relate. I just told myself I was going to let that hold me back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I found a way to just find instruments that feel better. Yeah. In my hands, that's totally. why I don't like play Gibsons. It's like a baseball bat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Man. Um, and they're heavier than hell. Like, yeah. They weigh like a bowling ball. I can't have that around my neck. This Brian Moore's super light, super fast. The thing's killer. I do have pictures of that. In fact, my new profile picture I put up today, he's got a great shot of that guitar. Nice. That thing is, uh, it's mint. It's in perfect condition. And I've done some research. I found, I think, 503 and 540. And 503 was going for 8500 bucks, And 540 was going for uh, 7800 Neither of them had the piezo system. And both of them had regular trims not like the wilkinson floating trims so i don't know where mine sits i'm guessing around eight okay yeah gotcha. um, and i didn't pay nearly that oh yeah so. that's, that's super cool man i've got to um have it going it one day i'm really curious yeah i, I love when a guitar player talks about the neck of the guitar being like too thick and i'm playing an upright bass that basically has like a four by four uh, <laughs> so high, yeah, and with, with basically power lines you know they're not strings <laughs> yeah i uh, i played the upright in high school that's crazy and nice. the thing is i um i randomly picked it up i told the uh the string orchestra director uh going into the summer after my junior year that i wanted to try it and he's like all right man sure whatever i'll let you borrow one for the summer so i spent three months learning how to play it came back he expected to make me like the last upright player so i was supposed to take like chair three yeah and um halfway through the first quarter i got moved up to chair one and then by the second second semester i made all south jersey orchestra and i did that in like six months so how big was this orchestra if they have multiple chairs Uh, so i went to a massive high school gotcha massive my graduating class was like 1300 kids good lord yeah, okay. so like my string orchestra was like, I don't know, 120. We had well, like, like 280 or something. Mine was like 1,200 from Park Vista. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. When I was high. 13, I was in a year with four other people. And they were, and they were all girls. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> hey, my guy. <laughs> that was a good year for you, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Is that where you met Amy? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, that was, a, that was two years after. It was a good, good callback. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah, out. cool. So, um, really, at this point... Um, what do they have going on? Oh, yeah. yeah what have you, what have you guys me. got going ask on? What's, what's coming up? <laughs> Um, oh, for like gigs? Yeah. Anything, yeah. Okay. Anything. Um, you got, you got your single on, releasing at yes, two, two, so 2.22. Dark Road will be released on February 22nd, 2.22. Um, this song is different than like anything else we've released so far. Nice. So, awesome. So stay tuned for that. Um, and we do have quite a few gigs coming up in February. Um, I got the list. On, there you go. February 1st, I believe, is yeah, Respectables. We're playing on the patio. Nice. Um, and then February 10th, we are playing a Pluridian Festival, which is going to be at Bark Republic. Nice. Um, we're playing at 5 p.m. Um, after that, um, we are playing February 17th at Kahuna in Deerfield with Buck Stops here. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Um, we're opening for them. Love those guys. Um... On the 18th of February, we are going to be doing another Reggae Sundays at Northwood. Nice. So 
That place is awesome. We love that place. We yeah. actually practice yeah. there, so that's like one of our favorite. You practice there, that's badass. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. kind of cool to have like a stage and like a back line and everything. So yeah. every time you practice, it feels like a performance. Yeah, it makes like the performance anxiety kind of yeah. go out the window. Of yeah. course. Yeah. And then um, on March 3rd, I am playing solo for the Sun Up Sound Clash Festival that they're having at Northwood that Nick nice. from Holidays is putting together. Okay, Or cool. he has put together. Everything's pretty much set in stone now. Excellent. Um, and then on March 20th, we just got the date for Guanas, so we're playing yeah. Guanabanas again for our full two-hour set. you got a bunch of gigs coming up. Yeah, and then on the 30th, I don't know where we're playing. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea no what's idea. happening that no day. No idea. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, have you, uh, what's like, happening on the 30th, guys? Yeah, why don't you tell March, everyone March 30th? It? Yeah. I prob- I'm probably on vacation, to be honest with you. <laughs> 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 At least I'm going to plan on being on vacation. I've decided it's your role to do these bits in the, uh, in the oh, podcast. So. Oh, man. All right. I think we are it's playing little, the 561 Music yeah, Fest. Yeah, it's, it's a little, little something we Woo! like to call 561 Music Fest. Yes. Um, <laughs> And uh, the lineup as it stands right now is Blabscam, Young Fiction, Kill Billies, mm-hmm. 33 <laughs> Lions, Little Things Duo, Suicide Bombers, At the Starlight, Exigent Band, Mad Mellow Music, Bear Maze, Killed by Florida, Butch and the Fat Noobs, Bitter Blue Jays, Zoo Peculiar, Mount Sinai, Andy Styron, Smoke Boss Militia, Billy Doom is Dead, and Brayton. Yeah, man. So, um, Looking forward to it, man. I don't know who I'm most excited about, but I got to yes. tell you, this, this is... This is probably my favorite. Like, I, I thought year one was awesome. I thought year two was even better. This is probably my favorite lineup so far. Yeah, Hell I yeah. agree. Yeah. We are stoked to be on that lineup. Yeah, this, this so is we really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, thanks for, for sure. coming, man. It, it, so Brayton is a young fella who who I used to teach, and and he's now he's doing great. He's going on tour soon. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did see that. Yeah, um, what a legend. I think I'm excited uh, to check him out. I, yeah, I think he just played with. Um, I'm not oh, sure if it was that respectable respect, show. Yeah, was yeah. it the respectable show? Yeah, with the Young Fiction. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time Gavin had seen him, and he was he was just came home saying nothing but good things. Oh, yeah. which uh, which band was he in? Uh, he's he's just called Brayton. Brayton. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's really good though. He has a band though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I think he can pull off some kind of performance without one, but he does. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So March thirtieth, uh, Matthews Brewing, um, Five Six One Music Festival number three. Yeah. And, uh, twenty bands for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Twenty bands, ten dollars. Uh, if you buy the. Uh, General admission plus, if you will, uh, you get uh, for twenty five dollars. You get a t shirt and you get a ticket, um, which is uh, saving you basically. You're getting a free ticket basically because yeah. if you come to the show, you buy the ticket, it's ten dollars. You buy the shirt, it's twenty five dollars. So, exactly. Yeah. So if you do it up front, you'll you'll save the ticket price. Um, and I really like my five six one music t shirts. I wear them all the time. Oh hell yeah, man! Hell yeah! Um, We're gonna have to get on those. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I just locked in. Uh, I just locked in the shirt sponsor this week, so um, we will have shirts and everything available again this year um, yeah, I'll be releasing all that sponsor information and stuff starting next week um, 561musicfest.com or 561musicfestival.com get you your tickets um, gets you information gets you lineup um, you can put in your shirt size if that's uh, the ticket you're you're getting and uh, at 561music podcast is, yeah. is the socials is all yeah. the socials so yeah, yeah. Facebook and Instagram is at 561music podcast yeah, websites sure. 561music.com yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah easy peasy well listen it was an absolute pleasure thanks so much for coming guys you are uh, you're sweet and also 
a great band, and 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 this has just been very enjoyable chatting to you. Thanks for yeah, stopping thanks by, so much. Amy. Thanks, guys. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> my alter ego is now. Hang Amy. on a second. <laughs> what are we doing this weekend? We didn't get there. We're playing so, our shades on Friday. Our shades on Friday. Patty Max on Saturday. Patty Max on Saturday. And, and then, then I've got an acoustic show, yeah, um, which Devin says he's going to come to, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, it's Sunday. Yeah. Songwriter from three, yeah, my students playing from, that as well. Nice. Yeah, from yeah, from three to six um, at Black Flamingo in Pompano, Pompano. and um, I've never been there, but I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm playing. A, I don't know exactly what time. You should come down for the whole thing because there's loads of cool people playing, including a student of mine, which is wow. a trip, right? Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one's yours? Um, Krista Fidel. Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Emma Moon. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's a monster. Oh, sick, dude. Yeah. Excellent. I can't wait. Well, listen, let's get out of here. Let's we'll see it. you later. Thanks, see you guys. later. Peace yeah. out. we